not when I give you the whole pitch. The exact same movie. Oh. Mm. I love tea in the morning. Oh. I, on my end, have coffee and I'm very tired. I yeah, same there. here. Did you go to bed at 4 a.m. too? Mm. Not quite, no. Oh. I just Instead of watching, not... yeah. Instead of watching The Shining, half of The Shining, um, until like eleven, and then my body was like, "You got to go to bed, Brody." No, no, it's time for you to go to bed. Uh, well, I'll I'll tell you something, my friend, and you know I don't give shoutouts on the show very often because, well, nobody's really worthy in my opinion. I guess shut up. Ding. Phone. Uh. Hold on. So we'll start back. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Tyler. Thank you for thank you for being the second ding. Or maybe you're the dong. Or maybe you're just a ding dong. I don't know. I don't always, know. I'll always be the second ding. Yeah. Um. By the way, AEW is getting so much fun. I saw what happened with Kenny Omega, and I was like, right, it's to impact where he belongs. I mean, I love the fact that Don Callis is like his is like his mouthpiece. It's it's fun and it's kind of funny. Dude, and dude, I he's just... a wonderful heel champion. <sighs> but as I was saying before, I don't really give a lot of shout outs. And, you know, it's because most people just I don't know, they're not worthy. And this is my show. And I usually make it about me or you to a small extent. But thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up when the man is talking. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, just to pay you that compliment and then just turn on you that viciously. <laughs> the reason I say this is because a new tradition has been started at work. Yeah. So about a year ago, Michael, a guy I work with named Michael, who I don't think you ever worked with, but you would get along famous. He likes movies in the way we like movies. And you two might even gel a little more because your guys' taste in movies, I think, runs a little similar. A little more Somebody, highbrow. Yeah, a little more highbrow. But last year, I was talking to him and he said to me along something along the lines of like, you know, I think I'm going to buy the movie Cats on Blu-ray when it comes out. And I looked at him and I said, you're not going to buy the movie Cats on Blu-ray. And he goes, no, I think I'm going to. And I go, why? And he goes, I don't know, I have a digital copy of it. And I was like, well, then just fucking download it. He's like, no, I want to do it legally. And I was like, you're not going to buy the movie Cats on Blu-ray. I know you're not. He goes, I'm going to do it. And I'm like, yeah, you do it. I'll take the DVD of the Blu-ray. So all of a sudden, a year passes, and he waits till Black Friday. I'll give him credit. He waited. And this Monday, I was presented with a DVD copy of Cats, so that's in my house now. But from this tragedy arose a new tradition, which is going to be the annual bad movie gift exchange between me and him, where we each take a movie without telling each other from the previous year and give it as a gift. Now, look, I'll admit he won this year's. I mean, how do you beat cats? Yeah. Now, I will say, I will say, I think I have a pretty strong silver medalist for this year because I bought him the goldfinch. Yeah, Goldfinch is pretty bad. <laughs> See, I knew you'd appreciate it. I still haven't seen it, which I'm going to be like, the minute I hand it to him, I'm like, can I borrow the digital copy of that to watch the Goldfinch? Because I want to know how bad this movie is. It's it's real vacuous. There's not a whole lot going on. 
So that is two and a half hours of my life that I just never, never going to get back. Because it, what's so strange about the Goldfinch is I think when it came out, people knew it was going to be a, a shit show. Like they, it was like tossing the movie into the, 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 um, the, the wood uh, chipper, right? They're just like getting ready to throw the movie just like into the wood chipper. And I heard, like, I remember reading like a couple interviews where it was like Nicole Kidman and it was like the type of interview where the actor kind of knows that the movie isn't good, but they're like putting on like a straight face to try and sell it. And the movie came out and it was like Joe Pesci in, in Goodfellas when he's getting uh, made. And it's just took two steps through the door, bam, on the ground. <laughs> like, You're like, well, there's a corpse there for the next like two hours and 28 minutes. What do we do? I saw it like opening week i think oh yeah there was no one in there and it was me and some other guy on like at like seven o'clock on like on five dollar tuesday like it should have been like semi full that's a senior bait movie that movie should have had a lot of people in it it should have and it's no nothing that movie came and went and i've never seen a movie really with as high of pedigree as that movie has just fucking immediately flail like nobody wanted that yeah, that's a tough road to hoe. I, I do. Part of me kind of wishes it was good, so I could be like, "No, this movie's this movie's like really good," or like this movie has like a point, but it's really bad. It's like not good at all. Well, I'm excited to see how right they were. And to be fair, the guy sitting in the sitting in the theater with you, he was just there to just there to beat it to Nicole Kidman. He left ten minutes in. He's like, "I'm not watching this crap. There's other movies here to watch." He goes, "I came here just to self pleasure. This is just I, this is this is bad. I, I can't even I, do it." I think it was just one of those things where, like, he had seen another movie and, like, just was like, all right, I'll walk into something else. And, like, this was just what was down the hall. He's just like, oh, I miscalled it. This this one's on me. It was the type of movie where no one checks to see if anybody's in it. You know what I mean? Like, you have those movies where, like, the security guards or, like, someone in the movie theater will, like, check to see if someone snuck in or, like, make sure there's nothing happening in the movie theater. No one checked. Well, no one gave a fuck. That's that's a real shame. I'll say this. I have quite a few possible things for most captivating. I didn't think that was going to happen this week. I have, I think, one thing for most captivating, so... Oh, look at us switching up. Yeah, look at me getting to the finish line on my finals week. <laughs> oh, I want a higher education. I want to go to the big college. I'm Taiwan, but I can't keep up with the other commitment. I don't know what this voice is. I've. What are you doing? Why are you oh, mocking me? Look, I've had a really bad week, okay? I'm sorry. Okay? I'm sorry. And I'm I don't sorry. know if you know this, Tyler, but I recently got divorced. All right, and... you've got two more of those, I think. Oh, oh, no, no, no. I think we need to renegotiate how many more I have because my divorce <laughs> got denied last week. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Until I actually see the words from her, hey, like it went through. It's open season on how many times I'm going to use that excuse. All right, well, put the counter back to zero. Like in The Simpsons. <laughs> exactly. You just have a you have a thing you have a thing in front of your desk that says how many days since Ben has mentioned he's been recently divorced, <laughs> and it's just like it's just like at zero right now, and then it's like oh. we were almost up to ten days. Not only that, my hot water heater broke. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, it's been it's been a day and a half. But luckily I've got jet plumbing coming out today, so hopefully it'll all be good. And I'm taking today off. Written two essays. 
and Oral Japanese final, and today I'm doing a run, of, running a bunch of errands, shipping out uh, gifts for people, and another thing I'm doing. Oh, I'm shopping, and then I have to take the car in to get the tires rotated, so. It's funny you mentioned gift and everything being shipped out. Aren't you glad we got ours out of the way so quickly? Yeah, no, that was actually kind of nice. <laughs> yeah, and I don't want to pimp for them without them giving us a dime, but guys, I have to say, if you have the means, I highly recommend you go pick up The Irishman on Blu-ray. It is so beautiful. It's, it's, it is good. It is nice, yeah. And I'll be honest with you, I joked at the beginning, I don't know if it made it in there, about trying to remake the movie The Irishman, but just make it completely gay. I actually don't think I have to do that, because I've kind of broken through a new thing the, like, seventh time I've now watched The Irishman. Frank is in oh, love boy. with Al Pacino and Joe Pesci. It's, it's just kind of, like, happening in that movie. <laughs> like, I, I didn't pick it up the first time, but there's one line of dialogue that I was like, Oh, like, and it's not like, it's not like a gay love. It's like a deep, deep heartfelt respect. Yeah. Like, yeah. But it's like, <laughs> but like one line really pushed it through to like the fact that Frank Sheeran is like a hot chick torn between these two men, like in this movie. Yeah. I mean, the, he, you know, loves and respects Al Pacino's character. I mean, Jimmy Hoffa, because he's Jimmy Hoffa and he does a I'm lot for I'm pretty sure the character's people. name is Al Pacino's character. Pretty, yeah, no, I... Yeah, I was right the first time I should have read with it. And then these, these days, people don't know who Al Pacino's character was. I mean, they hear about him, but but they know he disappeared. But they don't know who Al Pacino's character was. He was the it biggest teams to Frank. It is what it is. The line that tipped me off is the first time he talks to Al Pacino, and he hands the phone back to Russell Joe Pesci's character. Joe Pesci says to him, "He goes, he likes to talk, doesn't he?" And he kind of laughs. <laughs> Frank has the line, he goes, I thought I was talking to General Patton. You don't realize it because they don't touch on the war a ton, but you go, oh, that's like a huge thing of respect. Like, so, because like, yeah. Yeah, I think the whole thing is the, the movie, I mean, very clearly is from the point of view of someone who is remembering these things. And mm -hmm. so it's kind of heightened in that sense. So oh, yeah. It's an old man remembering himself differently than how it actually was and is. And so the movie kind of gives you these lenses. And I think that's why old man Al Pacino works playing himself younger. Mm -hmm. Because it is old man Al Pacino, or old man uh, De Niro remembering oh, yeah. himself as young. And realizing that his body can no longer do that. And I think that's why there's certain things that are like, brush over and then cut, like glorified i i really love the irishman i oh, guys i don't know if you know this. <laughs> dude it was so good like i came up to someone i came up to someone at work i said you know i don't think you really get the irishman until you've seen it like the seventh time and they kind of looked at me and they're like you haven't watched the irishman seven times i'm like yeah since last year i've probably watched the irishman seven times and they, they walked over to their computer typed in imdb and they're like they just did some adding to like You've watched The Irishman for a day? And I was like, yeah, pretty close. <laughs> I was like, yeah. And they're like, why? And I'm like, have you seen it? And they go, yeah. And I'm like, well, there you go. I think that says enough. I got some free time again. Probably going to pop on The Irishman. I mean, I'll just watch sequences from it. Like the scene where that Whispers guy is talking to him about bombing out the laundry place is so funny to me. I just think about moments where like right after that, it's followed by another very funny scene where... He's like, well, why don't I just give him the money back? He won't need it. <laughs> Frank. And he just, yeah. He goes, he goes, I don't want no trouble. He goes, he won't need it. And you're just like, oh, well, Whispers is dead. <laughs> and then you watch Whispers die. I think there's literally a moment where he's like, Frank, he won't need it. Like, yeah, I know. 
I do love the line too, and like it's not appropriate, but like I'm just gonna do the line. He has that great line. He goes, you, he goes, you don't know how good a friend you have here. He goes, I know. He goes, no, you don't. He goes, if it had been me, I would have let the Jew mob have you. He goes, your friend here saved you, and you're just like, oh shit, what's the Jew mob? I assume it's a mob full of Jewish people, but still. Ah, uh, the Jewish underworld. You know, someone else has an interest in the Cadillac laundry service. Do you know who? No, I do. Who? No, I am have an interest. I don't know someone who has an interest. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Not just I... that, though, but, like, the scene at the end where he's alone, you're just like, fuck me, this is sad. And that guy's killed, like, 70 people. I wonder how much better it'll be having watched, like, Casino and, and Goodfellas recently. Yeah. Semi-recently, like, within the year. I think it probably will play a lot better. I just think about that car bombing scene, like, all the time. Oh, where she goes to get in the car? Yeah, because it's, like, it's the casino scene, sort of. But, like, so tense, it felt like that scene took seven years to get through, and I know it was only, like, a minute, maybe. You gotta, you gotta wonder if, like, she had seen The Big Heat recently, because that movie probably came out around the time this movie takes place, and she was just like, oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not even Tan Bannon's wife. Like I'm the guy who kills people for money. Well, that movie. That movie would have been like 20, 30 years old at that point. Oh, fair enough. Well, maybe she had seen it as a child. It takes place in the seventies, right? Oh yeah, it does. I feel like it takes place so much earlier. No, it's like mostly. It's like well, it starts in the fifties, and you get that like weird PlayStation Two De Niro look. That I think is great. I kind of love the fact, too, that, like, they don't even really try to change him that much in that. Like, they do a little digital rendering here and there. <laughs> but, like, for the most part, they just dress him in, like, like young people clothing for the time. And they're like, yeah, that's enough. Yeah. I think what's important with the digital de-aging is they make him not really look like De Niro. And they make him look, like, a little bit like John Wayne. A little bit like a movie star would look oh, at Oh, yeah. Him. And it's because it's him imagining himself as the hero of the story when he there is no heroes in the story if oh, I, we can't keep talking about the irishman again but... we did it again though we somehow managed to get more out of the irishman love the irishman it's, it's on blu-ray <laughs> it's insane i looked at the back and i was looking at the studios and it just said netflix i'm like i own a netflix movie how crazy is this weird yeah i bet parasite is also weird because it'll say neon on the back right it does yeah it's weird right. seeing modern companies on the back of Criterion releases. Yeah, it is. But at the same time, appreciated. Hey, oh, no, Netflix, I like it, yeah. Give me the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Wait a minute, there's a new Soderbergh movie? You know, you could be a little more fucking empathetic. Sorry, I, I was looking something up. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm sorry that your fridge is fucking up. No, 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 it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I just try to open up to you about the Irishman and how I think it's a love story between three men and you just can't stop talking about Soderbergh. What's the new Soderbergh movie? It's called Let Them All Talk. It's on oh, I HBO saw the... now. Oh, is it really? Apparently. Oh, well, I know what Ben's doing today. He's going to get mm-hmm. fucking wrecked and watch that movie. It's I've thrilling... seen the trailer. That actually looks really good. Yeah. IMDb's got some harsh takes on it, but when does IMDb like Soderbergh? Rotten Tomatoes is at 93%, so maybe it's maybe it's great. You hear that he's going to direct the Oscars this year? Like, because everyone's going to be from their home? Yeah, he's going to be like one of the. That's actually kind of smart. That's There's actually like three kinda... people doing it, but he's one of them. <laughs> I'm just like, everything's so going to be shot on iPhone. Look really weird. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, have you seen the movie Unsane? That's how I want the Oscars to feel this year. And they're like, Stephen, Stephen, go sit down, please. Like you're doing that again. You're doing that. I thing. watched like 
a third of not High Flying Bird, the other movie that he released on Netflix. Oh, The Laundromat. I was just like, what is this? <laughs> it's it's fine is the problem. Like, it's not great. It's fine. It has an amazing Gary Oldman performance. I'll be the judge of that. Speaking of amazing Gary Oldman performances. I wonder if that's going to be one of our best of the uh, most captivating of the week on the other I side. I wonder. I wonder. But before we go into it, Tyler, it's cold outside. And you really should stay around to watch the uh, next couple movies because we're coming in from the cold. Yeah, coming in from the cold. Yeah, that song is not appropriate. I just That's realized. That, we that song. <laughs> it was great. Conan was interviewing Kristen Chenoweth, and the, she's like, she goes, "Yeah, I put that song in my last album right before, right before that happened." And she's like, "Lucky for me, it didn't really affect my sales." And Conan's like, "What are the lyrics to that again?" I'm locking the door. There's no escape. My father has friends on the police. Like. And I was just like, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, it is kind of that song, isn't it? It's it's upsetting. I don't like that song. Yeah, I don't like it. I well, I mean, <clears throat> I think it was sung by a guy who beat his kids, so you know. Bing, bada bing, bada boom. Crazy. Hey, yeah. look, Nathaniel, you fell down the stairs again. That's why you got that black eye. Bo 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 bo. Or go grab a bag of oranges. Won't leave any bruises. You know what I'm saying. And Nathaniel looks crunch, like crunch. you tripped over your shoelaces again. That's why you fell into the doorknob. Boom. Hey, Bing Crosby. Oh, fuck. I'm doing Charles Brown's. Let's move on. Okay. Okay. When the final reel is spun And the credits have been run You can count on the wisdom Of these two white guys talking film Just two white guys talking film Welcome everybody to TWGTF, or as everybody knows it from the snowy plains of the Arctic to the snowy covered hotel on a mountain where no one can get to you. This is Two White Guys Talking Film. I'm, of course, your host, Ben. And I'm Tyler. How are you, buddy? I'm tired. Yeah, me too. Me Big too. day ahead of me. Luckily, I have my, it's my day off, so it's not the end of the world, but still. And I took today off, so as I just learned, there's a new Soderbergh movie on HBO. Uh, ben is going to go cinematically to town on himself, if you understand my meaning. <laughs> I'm gonna be watching Husbands later. I don't know. Let's see if I can squeeze it in. The John Cassavetes movie? Yeah, the three hour John Cassavetes movie. Jesus (laughs) Christ, that movie's three hours? No, it's like two and a half. (laughs) Oh, God. So it's the Goldfinch length? Not that that's Uh, a comparison. 142, it's it's two hours and 20 minutes. It's the Uh, same length as The Shining, so. We're not even you. We're not even talking about John Cassavetes. It was his birthday yesterday. I meant to watch it yesterday, but I didn't have time. So, hey, Cassavetes, it was your birthday yesterday. Maybe I can get you a cake before you do another one of your queer art pictures. Hey, Cassavetes, I'm sorry. I keep calling him queer art pictures. I, he doesn't I mean like queer. And... He doesn't mean queer in that sense. We all know that. Mm. He just finds them queer. Look, my impression of Bronson is that he does he's not using it as a homophobic slur. He's doing it to say, like, I find these queer, as in, like, they're odd to me. Still, I... Mm. 
<laughs> you can't take away my Charles Bronson saying queer art pictures. I'm not I feel letting like... that happen in 2021. I'm not <laughs> censoring like, more. I, like I think I started queer art pictures. You did. That's why I love it. Because it's such a weird thing for you to say. Oh. Uh, anyway. Yeah, Husbands, I don't know. I might watch it. It might be my most captivating thing next week. Who knows? I don't well, know. you know what? Why don't you tell me what your most captivating thing was this week? I watched Richard Kelly's The Box. Hey, I just got that movie on DVD recently. You can take the fabulous prize next to Skinner, or you can take what's inside this box. The box. The box. You know, um, you know it's sad, too. Yeah. Like, I... Now, I'm not a guy who... I'm not a guy who bitches about the plot of a movie. But when your title is The Box... And you have just a picture of the lovely Cameron Diaz on the front. And that's where that joke's going to end, because I'm going to let everyone else fill in the oh, end. Alrighty, all right, all right, all right. I'm <laughs> Suck it, Cameron Diaz, I hate you. You're the reason Sofia Coppola's marriage ended, ended. you sack of crap. What? Apparently, <laughs> I learned this this week before you go into the box. Apparently, in Lost in Translation, a movie you don't like because, and for some reasons, because you say you could pick out 13 racist things about it, but we'll see one day. There is a character played by Anna Ferris. Yeah, like a ditzy Hollywood. I, is that supposed to be Cameron Diaz? Yes, watch it again. There is big Cameron Diaz vibes from it. And apparently it's because, like, she was married to Spike Jones at the time. And apparently due to, like, working with her on being John Malkovich, that kind of broke up their marriage. Interesting. I know that Spike Jones and Sofia Coppola met when Sofia Coppola was very, like, kind of young. I mean, Spike Jones was also young at the time. He was a little bit older. I think he was, like, I feel like 20, Spike Jones is consistently 28. Six, yeah, pretty much. But he was, like, a skateboard uh, video director, which is interesting. I, we should watch those old skateboard videos. They're really good. Anyway. That's my recommendation for the week. Watch old skateboard videos that Spike Jones directed. Video Days, underrated, or actually pretty solidly rated. Uh, very good. You should watch it. Anyway, I watched oh, yeah. The Box. Richard Kelly's The Box. Did you um, like it? Yes. <laughs> I, I hated it the first time I saw it, and I haven't seen it since, but I'm a big Richard Kelly fan. If you like Donnie Darko and you like the other one, what the fuck? Southland Tales. Southland Tales. If you like and both see, of those like movies. Both, I like both of those movies, but I don't like the box. I think you will. I think you, after a rewatch. I mean, when was the last time you've seen it? In theaters opening night? Yeah. I think if you've rewatched Johnny Darko and Southland Tales, which I've both watched both those movies, I think within a year. And I don't know. I kind of love the box. It's goofy. It's not as good as those movies, like, I think, that's, personally. That's where I think the problem lies. But I still think it's really interesting and really weird. Some of its hindrances are like Cameron Diaz doing a strange accent, which Cameron Diaz and accent should not happen in a movie. No, like... no she is the Ewan McGregor of accents for females. I love Cameron Diaz. I think she's a great actress. Oh, she yeah. should not be doing accents. I mean, I'll say this, despite what Sofia Coppola thinks of her, she's kind of fearless when it comes to performances. Like, look at her in Being John Malkovich. That woman yeah. is a drop-dead gorgeous human being, and she uggs it up in a way that I have, like, never seen. With Being John Malkovich, I think there's an argument to be made about her character being possibly trans, like a trans man. But that oh. is an argument for not me. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm. I mean, I've read some article. I read a, a review of it about 
essentially from that lens and from the lens of of transness and it's very interesting but as a person who is not trans i'm not going to speak of speak like i an authority on it so yeah i mean i think there's a possibility of I, that i kind of i mean not a possibility i think i kind of agree with that interpretation i kind of i can kind of see what they're getting at i think it's neat but she's just as fearless in the box where she plays like a teacher <laughs> the box is just it like just keeps getting more and more wild as the movie goes along which i think is i think the three richard kelly movies we have yeah i want richard more kelly, i want more i i want more but i think they're richard kelly interpreting a genre mm-hmm. i think donnie darko is him his version of like a horror movie i mm. think Southland Tales is kind of his version of an action movie, which is insane. I mean, that movie, I mean, I'll say it. That's my favorite of the three. I think after another watch, I'll probably like that movie. I'll say it's best performance The Rock has ever given. Oh, yeah. Like, there's moments in that movie where you're like, oh, Richard Kelly figured out how to make him an actor in this movie. He's not just like a giant lumbering psycho. It's like the best performance of like everyone in that movie, maybe except Sarah Michelle Gellar, because I love her and she's great in a lot of things. I mean, mean, she's Buffy, for Christ's sake. She carried nine seasons of a television show. It might be just Timberlake's best performance. Is it seven? Seven seasons. Mm. What am I thinking of? I don't know. Firefly. That's right. That had nine seasons. (laughs) (laughs) i think the box is kind of it has like it's definitely a thriller but it has for me like 70s ish kind of grindhousey feels to it not like really but like it kind of feels sort of in the vein of like those exploitation movies where like really solid premise and then also we're just going to keep adding the strangest ideas we can possibly have, and then it might or might not pay out. We don't know. I think it's really good. I can understand why it maybe didn't make a whole yeah. lot of money at the box office. <laughs> it's fucking insane. It's a Twilight Zone episode stretched out over two hours. I think I think that, yeah, while I think that that is kind of true, I think the plot itself is a Twilight Zone episode. I think he does enough with the material to make it work. I don't know if it totally justifies this runtime. I think it would have been better at about 90 minutes, but I think it's fun. I don't think it's like a bad movie to watch. I I I actually kind of really enjoyed it and would probably own it and watch it again. I feel like this year has really been the year of people being like, Richard Kelly is a lot better than you think he is. <laughs> <laughs> like kind why, of putting their foot down. Why has he not like, made a movie since then? Like, why? What's what's going the on? The box kind of threw him into director jail. I think it should. Um, it shouldn't though. He had two good ones before that. He hadn't had a mulligan until then. I also think that the box is is also good. Southland Tales did not make a lot of money. Donnie Darko, I think, was a moderate success when it came out and has a sense since like achieved like cult status and has been issued on Blu-ray like a thousand times. Oh, um, well, I mean, like, Donnie Darko is, like, like people people were, like, into that the way they were, like, into Pulp Fiction. Like, it was yeah. like, this is our religion now. Yeah, and Southland Hills was a bomb when it came out because it's a movie about how, like, surveillance is bad. I mean, The Box is also kind of a movie about how surveillance is bad. But, like, boy, that movie was saying a lot of stuff that people did not want to hear in 2006. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> so that movie bombed hard. 
almost derailed the career of Justin Timberlake, which it should have. He's really, he's really good, good in it. Yeah, he's like really good in that movie. But then the box also kind of was a failure at the box office. And I think it has since become, has like wrapped around being a cold classic. I think Richard Kelly movies in general are like, people are like, he should make more movies. Like we want more Richard. I think there's like a groundswell, at least good. amongst like film Twitter and film people that I follow. Like, yeah. Southland Tales, I think, is supposedly getting like a reissued Blu-ray because it's never been released on Blu-ray because it was like, like I said, such a failure at the box office too it's got everyone in it too it's a it's a real weird movie and i think it deserves more recognition apparently it's getting a giant new blu-ray release with Mm. like commentary and all sorts of stuff that's what richard kelly was saying when it popped up on movie this summer and uh there was like an hd version people were like oh my god there's a like a like a high quality scan of this like (laughs) yes please we're apparently he's like working on like a new version of it, like a new cut or something. And anyway. oh, I like the, I like the cut that is there. He doesn't need to fuck with that. Like I think the movie stands on its own. Well, there's two cuts. There's the theatrical and there's the there's the director's cut. Apparently, oh, I, I definitely longer... saw the director's cut then because I did not see it theatrically. <laughs> You're the problem. I'm kidding. Um, yeah, it didn't come here, okay? I, I know it didn't. Um, yeah. Of course it wouldn't. But the I remember, so Silent Tales, God, we're in the so in the weeds already. It debuted at Call, and the reception was very bad. <laughs> yeah, it was like Marie Antoinette bad, if I remember correctly. <laughs> and it was like a three-hour cut, and it wasn't finished, and like they didn't have all the effects, and people fucking hated it. Why is the rock bench-pressing green screen? Yeah, pretty much. I don't know. Richard Kelly make more movies. That's all. That, you know, Charon Tatum yeah. needs to be in more movies, and Richard Kelly needs to make more movies. Shit, put those two together. Let's Honestly. Just, yeah, right? Here's, here's my question for you. Who also falls under this category of, like, a filmmaker who has, like, a limited number of, like, movies, and you're like, I want more from them, but it just doesn't seem like we're getting them? Because I can think of two right now, because I recently reorganized the collection, and I realized to myself... Andrew Dominic has only three movies to his name, and that's a real crime for some reason. You, I could look at the history of filmmaking and pick out a lot of women who I think should have more movies. Like, Eileen May only made four movies in her lifetime. Well, I mean, she's still alive, and she might make a fifth. Apparently, there was supposed to be a fifth movie, but I don't know if COVID fucking whatever yeah. happened to that. But she made, like, two like three Stone Cold classics and New Leaf, Heartbreak Kid. And... Oh, this is the woman who did Ishtar, right? And then, yeah, she did Ishtar and they were just like, okay, no more movies for you. And she just wasn't allowed to make movies anymore. Ida Lupina is the same sort of thing where she made like eight movies all under her own production company. And then once the production company ran out of money, she was just not allowed to make movies anymore. And hmm. so I know that there's definitely like a lot of men who have, you know, on the same page, but I think if you're looking at the history of movies and you're like, well, why does this person make more movies? I think there's a lot more of, like, people of color and women and queer people who've had the ball taken away from them. <laughs> more than, like, while Richard Kelly, it's also a tragedy, because I would love more Richard Kelly movies. I, if you're giving me the question, putting a gun to my head, I'd be like, well, the lady who did Terror Dome, <laughs> like, or the lady who did, you know, Ishtar. Like, mm-hmm. Why don't they get a second chance? I mean, yeah. fuck, Catherine Bigelow was yeah. in director jail for ever after Strange Days. 
Which, not a bad movie. That's the worst part about some of the movies that get you into director jail. They're not necessarily bad. People love Ishtar. I think it was just, like, one of those things where, like, people at the time didn't want to watch Ishtar, which is a movie, like, slightly making fun of Lawrence of Arabia. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. You know who the other one is, and we spoke about him earlier? Spike Jones has made four movies. Yeah, well, I mean, he does other things. Yeah, but I want another movie from Spike Jones. I don't give a fuck about what else he does. Like, I enjoy that he shows up in the jackass things. I enjoy he does stuff like that. I enjoy that that dude seems to be living his best life, but I want a fifth movie from Spike Jones. We are three movies away from being able to actually do him as a Mount Rushmore. I mean, we could if we if we add the skate videos. <laughs> yeah, right. It's feature length. It's like an hour, 15 minutes, I think. But then I'll have to it's put it real good. I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't even know what I would rank in, in that out of his movies. I mean, for me, it would be literally like video days. Yeah, right. <laughs> then being John Malkovich. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's Malkovich adaptation, her wild things, like one to four. Wild things? Where the wild things are. Oh, where the wild... <laughs> I was living in a world where he directed Kevin Bacon's wild things. <laughs> I like that you call it Kevin Bacon's wild things when he's not even one of the titular characters. You could have I... said Campbell's wild things. You could have said Denise Richards' wild things. I couldn't remember that. I'm wired on coffee, so... And never forget, guys, Denise Richards was married to Charlie Sheen. And one day, Charlie Sheen brought down their marriage photo in front of their children, wrote mistake on it, and chainsawed it in front of them. <laughs> Never forget, Charlie Sheen is the man. Not it being a parent, but it being the man. <laughs> I, that makes so much feel, sense when you hear it out loud. I feel so bad for Denise Richards sometimes. You just, I hear a story like that and I'm just like, Jesus Christ. And not only that, you were one of the worst Bond girls too. Uh, we're supposed to believe she's a scientist. No, I, who? We're supposed to believe James Bond is fucking James Bond. Come on. Yeah, yeah. I buy every guy who's James Get Bond, even George Lazenby. Here. But I even, do not buy her as a scientist. Even and fucking I'm sorry, it has one of the worst closing lines to a Bond movie. I guess it's not true. I guess I guess Christmas doesn't come but once a year. That's yeah. a great line. Fuck off. No, it's terrible. It's no. a terrible movie. No, no, no. You're no. never gonna well, make me. It's not even worse Bonds. Oh, no, it's not the worst Bond. I'm not saying that. No, the worst Bond is Die Another Day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, which one is that again? That's the one that opens with a Madonna song, and you're like, mm -hmm. <laughs> You're on Thin Fucking Ice movie. <laughs> what, did Guy Ritchie direct this? Oh. <laughs> uh. I watched I like Madonna. I mean, this, I, even I week. hate that fucking Bond song. Yeah. Might be the worst Bond song, too, actually. Mm. No. There was a recent one that was really bad. The recent ones are You Know My Name from Casino Royale, whatever the one from Quantum of Solace is, which I like, by Jack White and Alicia Keys. Oh, it's fine. It's kind of a not a great pairing, but whatever. And then you have Skyfall by Adele, which is fucking... That's great. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. Great. And then whatever the one from Spectre is, which is pretty... I think it's Sam Smith. Yeah, it's bad. It's, it's bad. It's real yeah. bad. And it's then you Sam have Smith's one that's fault. never coming out. <laughs> Limbo. 
Yeah. What did you watch? We've we've been stuck on this for a while. Well, I want to ask you: Do you want to be told that you were right? <laughs> do you want Do you want the obvious? Do you want to be told you were right again, or do you want a future spoiler? I want to be told I'm always right. Okay. So. Well, which one do you want to? Be, which one do you want to be told you're right? One or two? Both. Let's just do it both. I watched earlier in the week. First of all, I watched Blue Ruin. Hell yeah. That was that was fucking solid. I see why you like good. this guy. Yeah, movie's good. There's <clears throat> a lot of vengeance going on in that movie. A lot of vengeance. Oh, yeah, that was the first one. But more than that, and I gave I gave that like I think I think I gave that like four and a quarter. More than that, for the first time ever, coming in at four and three quarters on first viewing, and a young lady showed this to me as we were having a date. I watched 20th Century Women. Yeah, this is a good movie. It's really fucking good, dude. I rewatched. I'll that. say this: um, Why the fuck was Annette Bening not nominated for that movie? I know that's like the first movie I, I saw her, and I'm like, oh, she should have won for this. Like, fuck, the kids are all right, but like, she should have won for this. I mean, the kids are all right. It's pretty good. She should nah, win for nah, just nah. anything. I don't know. Just like no, do a YouTube should, video of her. She should Broadway not win for the report. She should not win for the report. Oh, yeah, it's a very average movie. But yeah, I just give Annette Benning a goddamn Oscar, goddammit. Also, like Greta Gerwig shows up in this movie, and Elle Fanning, and that guy who played Dr. Manhattan. Oh, what's his name? Billy Crudup. Yes. <laughs> not good guy, Billy Crudup. Is he not a good guy? Oh no. He cheated on someone, apparently, I remember like a long time ago. That's uh, that's just that's just what we call pillow talk, baby. It was he was married to some sweet ingenue. I forget who it was, and they he cheated on her, and everyone hated him for a while. Well, he's really good in that movie. Yeah, he's good. He plays he plays Billy Crudup if Billy Crudup was a hippie. Yeah. Oh, he was married to Mary Louise Parker. That's it. And then Claire Danes. Was Mary Louise Parker pregnant at the time? I think so. I remember it being like a big old scandal no i think claire danes might have been pregnant at the time someone was pregnant here you want dude watch this look at look at billy crudup game pulling ability mary louise parker claire danes and now currently married to naomi watts i mean he's a handsome man yeah oh, oh no doubt there no doubt there i think he played jesus in a movie who knows i think you're thinking he's jim caviezel and that's not the same no 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 I'm pretty sure he played a movie where he was like New Zealand and either thought he was Jesus. I, look, there's a lot of half remember. I now think you're thinking of the ruling class because. <laughs> but honestly, dude, 20th Century Women. Seriously, guys, it's on Netflix. If you want to pick out a perfect fucking date movie, because I, I turned to her at the end. I said, I said, you understand you may have just picked like the perfect fucking date movie, right? And she's like, really? And I was like, yeah, I've, a, I've never seen this before. And I don't rarely get this impressed by a movie off like the first run. But like, yeah, this makes me want to look at. And I'll say this. You want to talk about another guy, Mike Mills. Why has Mike Mills only made three movies? I think he has another one coming out. Or it was supposed to come out this year and uh, it's COVID. Yeah, the movie, it was a movie called Come On, Come On, starring Walking Phoenix, Jabuki Young White, Gabby Hoffman. And this is the uh, Billy Crudup Jesus movie? No, this is uh, Mike Mills' next movie. Oh, Mike Mills' uh, next movie, okay. It is currently in post-production, which means it has finished shooting. So it should be out, it was supposed to be out this year, because it finished shooting in 2019, or, two, uh, tw- or January 2020. And so, yeah. 
Hmm, Probably would have come out either this year or, or he's married to Miranda July. Miranda July. That... Me, you, and everyone we know. Oh, and um, Kajillionaire. Kajillionaire, yeah. That's out. There's another person who I'm like, why haven't you directed more movies? Yeah, that's, I mean, you, me, you, and everyone we know was one of the most startling movies I'd seen in a while. They had a movie come out the same year, by the way, which I think is, I think is cute. They, he had Thumbsucker and she had me, you, and everyone we know. Thumbsucker, wow. weird movie. <laughs> yeah, Thumbsucker is a weird movie. That's his first movie, too. Yeah, weird movie. And then he does Beginners, which is just like so sweet. And then he does 20th Century Woman. Yeah, another guy who deserves it. Yeah, guys, check out 20th Century Woman and check out The Box. The Box. Yeah. Wow, we spent like 30 minutes talking about those two movies. No, 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 we're fine. We There was a lot of preamble there. Well, I guess we should put on our parkas and head to the snow section. Yeah, I guess I'll, I guess I'll introduce this first movie. Oh, yeah, let me just... Oh, Jesus, it's cold out here. And the first movie is a movie that Howard Hawks produced, with quotations heavily on them. It's a monster movie about a group of army scientists and one very intelligent secretary who discovers a creature from another world buried deep in the Arctic snow. A great premise that would only be hampered by the technology available at the time. This is, of course, the movie from producer... Howard Hawks, The Thing from Another World. There we are. Holy cat. What a weird looking thing. Let me get a picture before you track up the whole place. This Geiger counter's going crazy. Something's smell of that surface crust that's frozen over again in a clear eyes. The bottle shape apparently was caused by the aircraft first making contact with the earth out there at the neck of the bottle, sliding toward us and forming that larger area as it came to rest. With the engine or engines generating enough heat to melt that path through the crust, then sink beneath the surface. What could melt that much ice? Let's get out and see. Barnes? Think the dogs over on that side. Dr. Chapman, could an airplane melt that much ice? One of our own jets generates enough heat to warm a 50-story office building. It's part of an airfoil, probably a stabilizer of some sort. It's an airplane, all right. Boris, can you tell what metal that is? I'll need some tools. Barnes, bring some tools! pretty deep over here. I can't see anything but a dark mass. Steeper over here. Captain, may I suggest that we spread out and try to determine the size and shape? Right. Spread out, everybody. We're going to try to figure out the shape of this thing. Almost. Yeah. Almost a perfect. It is. It's round. We finally got one. We found a flying saucer. Can anybody see anything through the ice from where you are? Only an outline. Nothing but a dark shape there. Seems perfectly smooth. No doors or windows. I can't see any engine. I doubt if we find anything we call an engine. Dr. Carrington, this isn't any metal I know. Probably some new alloy. Get some filings for analysis. 
Right. Captain, I don't think we have a chance of chopping through the ice with axes. I know, Doctor. We think so, too. We're going to try to melt it out with thermite bombs. Oh, excellent. Doctor, where do you figure it's from? I'm so glad Carpenter made a better version. I'm glad I didn't. I'm glad I didn't like this more. I was worried about that. And I knew I didn't have to be. I can definitely agree that I think Carpenter made a better version of this movie. Now we just have to watch the remake and then we're done, right? Oh, not the remake. The prequel. You know what I meant. Trust me, you're going to have to figure out a real tricky way to get around me having to watch the Thing prequel again because God, does that movie suck. I've never seen it, so... It's, it's really fucking frustrating. Like, because you're just like sitting there and it's like the whole movie, you're sitting there and you're like, I know what's going to happen to all of you. Like... Like, this isn't a surprise. Like, what? Like the, I've seen the movie The Thing. I think you can ratchet tension out of that, though. I, I guess. I, I guess. Ugh. Well, let's talk about the original thing from Another World. Howard Hawks yes. directed this, right? Allegedly. It's... Howard Hawks always denied directing it. He was friends with Christian Nyby, who was, like, a longtime set worker. Mm-hmm. Christian Nyby. And he wanted to, like, finally direct. I think he was an actor. He was an editor. That's what it is. And he was a really good editor. He edited The Big Sleep, The Red River, a couple of, like, big-name Howard Hawks movies. And so Hawks decided to give him a shot directing. And that is the movie The Thing from the Other World that we're going to talk about. Apparently, what people say is that halfway through production or like like somewhere in the production Hawks took over and went from being an on-set producer to director and you know I don't know it's credited to Naomi so I would like to think that he got it people on set actors said like Hawks directed at all but one scene Chris always deferred to Hawks, essentially. So it seems like one of those things where, like, Hawks was on set, Nyby didn't know what he was doing, or Nyby not didn't know what he was doing, but Nyby was so intimidated with Hawks being on set that he just constantly asked Hawks for his input, and so essentially Hawks directed it via proxy. So, technically a Howard Hawks film with Christian Nyby's... That's how a lot of people look at it, is it's technically a Howard Hawks film, Christian Nyby has the credit. But Christian Nyby is also a wonderful film editor. So... I mean, like, and it's, you know, my problem with it is I think it's because I have such an affinity for the original that I don't think this was ever going to live up to the it. Original. Or, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, the remake. It's the original to me. It's the first one I saw. So, <laughs> in the in the Ben chronology, it is the original. I, it's just, I think my problem lies in the fact that, like, I know where this story was going. I was like, the minute they get to the ice, I'm like, don't dig it up, stupid. I'm like, I mean, we all know where this is going. Let's talk about it. I mean, how do you how, how do you honestly talk about this? Like, it's a bunch of scientists and one much smarter secretary. <laughs> no, it's not a bunch bri- of scientists. It's yeah. not a bunch of scientists. Well, it's army guys and scientists. Army mess. And then there's like there's a scientist, and then there's a news reporter, and then there's a really smart secretary, and they find a Martian. They call it a Martian. It's not really a Martian. It's just an alien, yeah. and. It is a loosely, thinly veiled allegory for McCarthyism. <laughs> is it really? It's, yeah, you know, they look like you, they talk like you, they dress like uh, you, but they're not you. They're someone else. And it's 1952, 
So it's attacking the army. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'll say it. I'll say it. Funniest moment. Funniest moment in the movie is where that doctor the whole time who's like, no, it's an intelligent creature. We have to respect it. Goes up to the creature. He's like, I know you're not evil. Show them that you're good. And he just fucking backhands the doctor across the room. Oh. I'm just like, I'm like, I'm like, fair. I, I like, I like the fact that the thing from the other, from another world obviously started the trope of let's try to reason with it. I think this movie is definitely in the camp of movies, horror and thriller movies from the fifties that are, thinly veiled McCarthy era allegories like this invasion of the body snatchers. Mm. You could, there's dozens others. Those are just the two off the top of my head where you you just watch it and you're just like, Oh, okay. I guess communism was really the thing that everyone was afraid of. Yeah. Um, What else? Them, I believe them obviously. Yeah. (laughs) The ants, the blob are communists. I mean, it's, it's as plain as the nose on your face. I could make an argument about the blob being about it. but Oh, know, totally. Oh, totally. By the way, I had no idea who played the thing in this movie till I looked it up. Who played the thing? James Arness, which doesn't mean a lot to people of our generation. However, James Arness, up until recently, was the star of the longest-running television show until The Simpsons. He's Marshall Gunsmoke. Matt Dillon on Gunsmoke. Yeah. Tuesdays on NBC. That show ran for fucking 20 years, right? (laughs) Dude, that show ran from 55 to 70. Yeah, 20 years. Was that Gunsmoke? Bonanza was the one that had a set in like Dayton or whatever. Bonanza, one of my favorite lines from a Barry Sonnefeld movie. Is anyone else disturbed about a 55-year-old man with three 45-year-old sons? I think this movie is fine for what it is it's a very well-made b-movie that at times i'm like you could have taken another pass of the script because like yeah a lot of times it ha- it suffers from from like b-movies of this era where someone will walk into a room and be like you're this guy and you do this and it's like you're that guy and you do that and it's like yes that is a very convenient way to get across everyone's character but it is also annoying me personally. <laughs> yeah, well, because you're you're just like, oh, you're just you're just plots plot explaining to me. Yeah, like, that's what Ned Scott, I think, is his name. The uh, reporter feels like where he's just like, oh, and you're the scientist. Oh, yeah, you're a great scientist. You're telling me that this is a vegetable. <laughs> just like, well, you tell carrot head oh, out there. Oh. You're actually more accurate than you know. <laughs> I like it. I think it. I think it's fun and kind of like a like it's not as good as carpenter's thing which is surprising that i would say that a person who was like carpenter's thing's pretty good i like it i think it's very clear the moments um, it's very clear that this is a howard hawks production because it's just like guys being dudes (laughs) i mean i mean I'll, i'll say it man I love a movie as much as I want all inclusion and everything. I love a movie where it's just dudes hanging out. It's just dudes, man. It's just dudes playing yeah. uh, poker. And just giving their captain the most amount of S I've ever seen military people give anybody. I was like, this captain's going to fucking send him to the brig. Well, it's not their fault. They're being encouraged by that little vixen, Nikki Nicholson. I mean, she's technically the first build on what i'm looking at 
Maya wild. Sheridan. She's great. I think Kenneth Toby is probably I, on Wikipedia. She's the first listed, so I don't know. I think she's great. I think she's the one that saves everybody. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're like, how do you defeat a vegetable? And it's like, well, you could broil it. You could put it in hot water. I think she's drunk a lot of the movie, too. <laughs> Here are different ways to cook a vegetable. <laughs> I cook it with vodka. And she just starts heavily drinking. And they're like, oh, no. Margaret Sheridan's on the bottle again. Like, she's the only. I'm, I'm just like, I don't know. why would you have one? I don't know. Oh, it's dangerous all, to have first, one female oh, on an outpost. Are, like are you kidding me? Not just one female. First of all, you're being incredibly kind to that concept. Let's say one female in the 50s. Yeah. <laughs> like, seems extremely dangerous. Yeah, like maybe mix in two. Like, you know, just safety in numbers. Give her a gun. <laughs> I want to remake the thing from another world where there's just a scene like where she's like sitting there at her desk and some guy comes in just starting to undo his pants. She goes, ah, 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 ah. And he goes, ah, damn it. She still has that gun. And then just walks out of the room. <laughs> Well, I guess I'll just go close this door, this erection in a door. Then I guess because that's what we have in the Arctic: a lot of doors. It's, look, I wouldn't. I if I, I think the uh, the one thing the thing uh, it does right is gets rid of her character because it's just like I was watching it and I was like, I, I no, <laughs> she's in she, danger. She does Get her out dis- of here. She does kind of disappear like partway through the movie and then come back. I was like. Was she just in a room where the thing hadn't checked and, like, she was just typing the whole time? She was the only one that was smart and went to a bunker. Yeah. She's like, no, I'm not going to be around that thing. What are you out of your mind? So they find this monster in the ice, an alien, and they bring it back and stupidly leave it in a room where it could thaw. I mean, don't do that. Like, leave it outside. This movie feels very Lovecraftian in some ways. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think the thing, the carpenter, is more Lovecraftian um, and definitely takes those elements and runs with it. But the idea of like an unknowable <laughs> evil just kind of thawing in a in a room, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, I could, I could. That sounds like you know, Mountains of Madness like, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it is a real Mountains of Madness, isn't it? The thing unthaws. Like movie doesn't go anywhere. The thing unthaws. It's a, yeah. it, it is it is a vegetable man. Yeah, and he's enormous. He's giant. They light him on fire at one point, and he can take... I think there's a thing where he can take the shape of, of other people in the... Other people they, at the base. I don't think you... Do you ever see him as other people? I, I feel like I've never... I so. Okay. I know that's a key component of the novella it's based off of. Yeah, because the novella... I mean, it's based off the book, uh, or the short story, Who Goes There? Which, yeah. by the way, fantastic short story. I will let you have that. Oh, you don't like it? I don't like it. Oh, wow. I'll be danged. <laughs> I think it is poorly written. Because it's written by a guy who is not a writer. He's an yeah. editor. Yeah, he was a drunk. And he was a drunk. He was that. a drunk editor. You shut your mouth. What do you call that? I'll write a book one day. It'll be called, Who Goes There? That wasn't even think... the title. He was just screaming that at someone knocking on his door. I think Who Goes There is fine. But I think that book has more of a, like, it can take over people and kind of shapeshift. Whereas the movie kind of doesn't really have that so much. Oh, shit. Ben Hecht was uh, uncredited on this. Damn. Sure. Who's that? Ben Hecht is a writer from back in the day. I just, like, oh. he was he was very famous during, like, the golden age of radio for writing, like, dramas and plays. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, I just didn't know that. And Howard Hawks is, of course, uncredited. Well, yeah, Underworld yeah. stagecoach. Yeah, yeah, they get it out of the ice, and like it just starts to kind of fuck things up. And it's like, yeah, I'll say, I'll say this: those dogs are way more 1950s dogs than those pussy dogs in the than those pussy dogs in the uh, remake. Because man, those dogs do not go down without a fight. Those dogs, that's really Lovecraftian. Uh, Mountains of Madness. Those dogs get fucked up. I do love how it's just out in the snow and it's like, like, they're like, let's go after it. It's like, no, just let it go out there. Like, if anything, you'll get lucky and it'll freeze again. Yeah. Fuck it. It's, it's going somewhere. I don't know. Yeah. Like, let it go. Like, you guys, you guys really fucked up by letting it out of the thing. Just let the snow do its work again. It's a vegetable. The snow's going to freeze it. Yeah, exactly. Let the carrot man die. I don't know. He comes back and they light him on fire, which I think is just is the coolest visual from the movie. Uh, visual is like, yeah, man no, on fire walking he's around. On, he's on fire for a long time too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like you're like, how did James Arness do it? I don't think that was James Arness. I think that was a stunt man. How did the guy who was James Arness's stunt double do it? <laughs> he, he, he uh, there's ways to do it. Anyway. Would you say that's the biggest hindrance to it is that it is of the time and you can't really do this movie special effects wise? I mean, I think the biggest hindrance is I it's a movie that I think is incredibly fine. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people come to it after seeing Carpenter's thing, which is not how I first experienced this movie. I watched this before I watched Carpenter's and I don't, I just, I personally am just like, I don't know, it's just not very good. <laughs> like, it's good, it's fine, it's good. There's, there's just a lot of moments where I'm just like, this could be better 50s movie. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know, it's just too slow at points. There's too much of people pointing and being like, yeah, this guy, for my taste, I know that not everybody agrees with me. Some people consider this to be a classic, and some even wilder people think this is better than Carpenter's movie, which... No, no. Um, that's an interesting no, no. opinion for someone to have. I'm sorry. No, no. This, and I'll I'll say it too. And it's not because of her being in it. Carpenter's movie eliminates the whole like secretary thing, and like the only sexual tension is between like Kurt Russell and his computer. Like that's <laughs> honestly that's honestly why it works is because it's all just dudes. Like there's something about a movie where just dudes are trying to handle something, and like it's just an overwhelming thing. Perfect Storm's another example of it. Once, like, they're out on the ocean, like, it's just dudes trying to handle the elements. Yeah, I think the update to the thing, one thing it really captures is male loneliness and male bonding. Whereas this movie, I think, is much, much, much more streamlined and about McCarthy-era fears and about just guys being dudes in the snow, you know? Yeah, just making snowmen, having there's cocoa. Some, there's some interesting comments on the military, like, redacting things like this. And there might have been alien contact prior to this. But it never really gets into it enough to be very interesting. Yeah, um, no, I don't disagree with you. And this is, like, the third time I've watched this movie. And each time I'm just like, I just kind of want more of whatever that was. I don't know. I just want more. Yeah, it, its problem lies in the fact that, like, it's not long either. What is it, like an hour and 40 minutes, it's I think? 80 minutes long. Oh, it's an hour and 20 minutes, yeah. yeah. And, like, sadly, like, most of that isn't spent with the thing. 
No, a lot of the movie is spent just getting to know people. Yeah. And then the movie kind of, I don't know. It's just, it never, you spend so much time like getting to know people and getting to know like their little quirks and all that, that when the movie finally like kicks off, I, it doesn't, it doesn't really play. <laughs> Cause you just, it's just like, yeah, you have the scientists, you have the captain, you have the reporter, you have the secretary, you have a couple other people, but like other than like the main people you pull out, you can't really tell one army man from the other one. I'm just like, oh, no, not Jim. I don't know. What are you doing? Lenny's a war hero. Oh, no, not Lenny. <laughs> yeah, pudding in my eye. I'm not supposed to. Don't tell them I live like this. It's fine. Like, it's, it's fine. good. Yeah, I like the scene where they have to get him on that track to, like, fucking fry his ass. By yeah. the way, there, there's a bat special effect. I also... I'm like, what, did you shoot a Tesla in front of him? Like, (laughs) I also would probably watch it again. Like... Oh, yeah, it's like, it's a great B-movie. Like, that's the thing. It's a great B-movie, but it's a B-movie. Yeah, B-movie. Do you think old Captain Patrick Hendry marries Nikki Nicholson? Sure. You know, you could be a little more positive for that. I would have liked an ending where there's another thing. Oh, fair. I mean, kind of. I mean, but the end of that movie is really like, is that whole like, like, yeah, there come, there could be another one. They're out there. It's the fucking Invasion of the Body Snatchers ending. Yeah. <laughs> but like, but like a little bit toned down. Because the Invasion yeah. of the Body Snatchers ending is like, he could be next to you in the movie theater. He could be, he could be your dog. He could be your reverend. <laughs> he could be your dog. <laughs> like, you're just like, you just look down at Ash. You're like, you're not the thing, are you? And he's like, Fuck you, Dad. And you're like, no, yeah, it's Ash. Like, thing wouldn't know to do that. I think it's fine for like the McCarthy era. It's if I wanted to watch a McCarthy era Red Scare film, I would probably watch Invasion of the Body Snatchers because that movie is great. Oh, and significantly goofier. I think this is fine. I think it's a movie that has been updated a couple of times. Well, at least once really well. And it's from a source that I, I don't particularly care for. So, yeah. What's your favorite scene? I think we should probably move on to the end of this. Ooh, we should. My favorite scene. Honestly, it's anytime that doctor is trying to, like, just pitch them the idea of, like, no, it's intelligent. We can reason with it. It's like, no, stupid. We can't. It's already killed four people. Like, it beat those dogs half to death. And we need those dogs. Not just to get around, but maybe to potentially eat. And you are siding with the carrot man. Like, and he gets his in the end. Like, that's the only good thing about that doctor is he totally gets his. I mean, I feel bad for the doctor because the doctor is right. How is he, he right? You could, you could potentially reason with it. It's, a, it's an intelligent thing creature. is lumbering around and it, just backhanding people like it's Bing Crosby and his kids at the holidays. It came here in a fucking flying machine. I, so what? How do you know that someone didn't load its happy ass on that thing and sent it off? You know, you're right. It could be a way to terraform. I don't know. Mm, mm. All of a sudden, crazy old Ben doesn't sound so crazy anymore. It's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I don't know. You can reason with a communist, I think. <laughs> yeah, they don't want anything. 
I like the scene. I like the scene where they call him Super Carrot. I think that's funny. I like the scene where he's like attempting to like, no, no, yeah, it's it's like a vegetable, but it's like the same way that like worms and fish became humans. Yeah. They, they might have evolved from something else. You know, it's, it doesn't have to be or look like a man. And then it looks like a man. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> It's um, weird we both have the doctor as like our favorite scene. He's the best. Uh, he's the best actor in this movie, I think. Um, oh no, no, James Arness is the thing. Is the best actor in this movie. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say actually, Margaret, uh, Margaret uh, Sheridan. Spalding? Yeah, was that was that her name? I want to say it was Margaret Sheridan, but I oh, oh Margaret Sheridan. Yes. Okay. God, it's it's funny. Yeah. So Tyler, we've spoken about the thing from another world. My question is, what do you pair with the thing from another world? The body snatchers, baby. Yeah, that's pretty solid. Two McCarthy era movies. Yeah, two Red Scare movies. Um, yeah, I think they're both pretty much the same conceit of like it could be anywhere, it could be you. <laughs> you could just, be the thing. You just like, look in the mirror, you go, "Am I a communist?" And then you blow your brains out. <laughs> and that was Howard Hawks's pitch for like an anti-communist propaganda commercial. And they're like, "That's a little too real, Howard. We're sorry." And he goes, "Why?" <laughs> Yeah, I would look into the mirror and be like, am I a communist? God damn right I am. <laughs> bow, bow, like BG start playing. So I walk down the street. You're like, this is the 50s. What is that music? It's terrifying. <laughs> oh, you can tell by the way I walk that I want everyone else to have the same stuff. Ha, 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 communist now. Yeah, that's that's uh, probably what we would get. Dear Howard Hawks, can you please make us this? I know you're dead, but like, I'd like to see that. Ugh, boy. What do you give the thing from another world? I give it a very respectable three out of five stars. Um, Look I at would... us on the same page. Yeah, it's definitely, it's a movie I would watch probably again sometime. Yeah, I don't know if, I don't know if I want to watch it again soon, but like, I'm sure at some point I'll stumble across again. But like, yeah, you know what? Let's watch the thing again. Yeah. I think the thing, I think it's, I think it's good. I think, I think, yeah. Yeah, I do too. It's, it's got moments to be sure. But yeah, it's a three out of five. Like, it's not great. It's not terrible, but it's very respectable. It is a very solid double. Yeah, exactly. It definitely gets to second base. Don't know if it's going to score, but it gets to second base. You know, it, you know, Carpenter came up after him and in my opinion, hit a triple. So, they, you know, for you, he hit a home run. Oh, God. It's a fucking grand slam. That movie is like my that's my favorite Carpenter movie. I mean, there is no arguing it. Although, I will not lie to you, I keep looking at Prince of Darkness in my collection. I'm like, I think I'm going to watch say, that again soon. I was going to say, I think mine might be Prince of Darkness. <laughs> that movie just comes out of nowhere. I There is a genuine possibility that, if I rewatch the thing and really I'm taken with it, that the Apocalypse trilogy is like, like one, That's kind of what I'm thinking, too, is like the Apocalypse trilogy, and then like we each just have a real swing for the fence. Which like is sad, we've spoken 13. about the entire Apocalypse trilogy already. And yeah. already. Yeah. I don't know if it would be Assault on Precinct 13. For, I love Assault on Precinct 13. There's a moment in that movie that made me fucking go, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> excuse oh, me? Oh, it's when they shoot that guy at the beginning, isn't it? Or that kid. Not that guy, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Spoiler <laughs> alert, but... Excuse me. Now, granted, I have yet to see <laughs> memoirs of an invisible man, so who knows? Who knows? Chevy Chase might steal the steal the fourth place for you, dude. He's he's always very confusing to me because there are times I hate Chevy Chase, and there are other times I'm like, I really like Chevy Chase in a movie. I think people can see Chevy Chase and cast him properly, like Fletch, where it's like this guy's mm. a dickhead. Yeah, <laughs> but he's really dickhead. good at it. Yeah. <laughs> 
that moves us on to our next movie. And God, it's just freezing in the video store. I knew we shouldn't have turned down the temperature that low, but I wanted the atmosphere to be right. Mm. And the next movie. Pay no mind to my axe. I got to keep my eyes on him. Well, no, he's got a typewriter, too. Ah, I'll just introduce it. I'm sure it's fine. And I'm wearing overalls, and I look like I haven't slept in five days. Well, I'll introduce here. Give me the bat. Interpretation of Stephen King's famous novel, a truly ahead-of-its-time masterpiece in both tension and horror. A pair of career-defining performances in Nicholson and Duvall make this unnerving film be just that simply from beginning to end. This is, of course, Stanley Kubrick's horror masterpiece, The Shining. How do you like it? How do you like it? What are you doing down here? I just uh, wanted to talk to you. Okay. Let's talk. Responsibilities. Oh, 
Nick, what are you talking about? Have you ever had a single moment's thought about my responsibilities? Have you ever thought for a single solitary moment about my responsibilities to my employers? Has it ever occurred to you that I have agreed to look after the Overlook Hotel until May the 1st? Does it matter to you at all that the owners have placed their complete confidence and trust in me and that I have signed a letter of agreement, a contract, in which I have accepted that responsibility? You have the slightest idea what a moral and ethical principle is, do you? Has it ever occurred to you what would happen to my future if I were to fail to live up to my responsibilities? Has it ever occurred to you? Has it? Very me. Why? I just want to go back to my room. Why? Well, I'm very confused. I just need a chance to think things over. You've had your whole fucking life to think things over. What good's a few minutes more going to do you now? Stay with me. Please! Don't hurt me! I'm gonna hurt you. Stay away from me! Wendy? Stay away! Darling, light of my life, I'm not gonna hurt you. You didn't let me finish my sentence. I said, I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains in. I'm gonna bash them right the fuck in. <laughs> Stay away from me! Don't hurt me! I'm not gonna hurt you. Stop swinging the bat. Stay away from me. Put the bat down, Wendy. Stop it! Wendy, give me the bat. Please! Stay away! Give me the bat. Stop it! Give me the bat. Please! Stop swinging the bat. Please, stop! Give me the bat, Wendy. Stay away! Wendy! Die! Give me the bat. Stop it! Give me the bat. <laughs> That's good. Why don't you start by getting the fuck out of here? <laughs> they don't love each other, right? I just want to ask this on the start. Like, do you think he got her pregnant and that's kind of what this is? Because that's what kind I think. Kind of. I know in the book there's more of like a loving, caring relationship, but... Holy Christ, not in this movie. We'll talk about some misgivings I have with the way that Kubrick directed this movie. You mean in the background footage or the uh, behind-the-scenes footage where he just berates Shelley Duvall? Yeah. Yeah, yeah go yeah, ahead yeah. and get that out of the way now so we can... Well, let's so talk... We can... Let's just... Okay. There is a long history of Hollywood male directors being called geniuses. And I'm not going to say that Stanley Kubrick isn't very good at making movies. He is obviously very good at making movies. We've talked about a couple of his at this point. But I think we need to get out of this mindset that... Just because they're a genius, they can kind of get away with anything. What Stanley Kubrick did to Shelley Duvall on the set of The Shining is unforgivable and is something that makes revisiting this movie very difficult because Shelley Duvall's performance, a, a woman slowly losing her mind, is less of a performance and more of what was done to her on the set. There's behind-the-scenes footage where Stanley Kubrick would just berate Shelley Duvall for no reason. He forced the crew to not interact with her, ever. Oh, um, really? I isolating her. 
she at one point says that she is losing clumps of her hair at a time and a crew member says really jesus clumps of your hair and stanley kubrick doesn't talk to shelly duvall doesn't look at shelly duvall looks at the crew member and says don't sympathize with shelly yeah essentially that's, like a that's not tried. funny i'm sorry i'm sorry hold on i i don't want people to think i'm laughing at that that's not funny for the reason people think I'm laughing. That's funny just to imagine Stanley Kubrick just turning on that before he turns on that person. <laughs> well, at least that guy's getting it right now. Shelly um, Duvall's like, is this what it feels like from the other side? I like this. Can we stick with this? Would you like to play Wendy for the rest of the movie? Uh, key grip number two? He's like, I would not, ma'am. I'm sorry I spoke out of turn, Mr. Kubrick. He's like, you're goddamn right you are. And I think we... When we watch this movie and talk about how great a director Stanley Kubrick is, we also need to, like we've done with other directors, realize he's done a lot of shitty thing to women in his movies. I mean, oh yeah, like he, Shelley Duvall's talked about how this movie she's got PTSD from it still. Yeah, he well he I mean, and I Shelley Duvall. This is not the only example of something that messed her up because it's it is. Probably not, no. It's it's a prime example. It's a prime example, to be sure. But she is certainly not the fun-loving hippie chick from Nashville in this movie. Like, no. Like, from the minute you see her, you're like, okay, one, girl, gotta get you out of them overalls and back into that fun sundress. Two... <laughs> we're going to we're going to wash the black out of that hair and we're we're going to we're going to get that nice natural brown hair back. And three, we are going to get you all the sandwiches that Tom Sizemore brought to the set for his ham sandwiches because you look like you need to eat. She apparently lost like 15 pounds on the set of this movie and you, you can, can tell. You can tell. She wouldn't eat, she wouldn't sleep. By the end of the movie you just look at her and you're just like Jesus Christ. <laughs> Someone get some. We had extract Shelley Duvall from the set of The Shining. I do believe I have heard her say, though, in an interview, and I think this is on the documentary Kubrick A Life in Picture. She says, even though it is one of the more harrowing moments of like my career and like just kind of like the experience overall, she goes, I can't say that I wouldn't do it again, even if I knew all the stuff that was coming. She did say, she goes, she goes, I do believe it is one of my best works. That's fine. And I, I also believe it's a fantastic performance, but I, I also think. We shouldn't lionize men who no. destroy women's careers <laughs> for the sake of one movie. <laughs> like, oh no, 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 no! I don't, I don't agree with, or I agree with you completely. Yeah, no, this is this is Lars von Trier all over again. Like this is, yeah, this, yeah, this is like and it's like no, dude, stop being a prick. Like just, just make I, your movie. It's important to be like what he did is terrible and we shouldn't allow that anymore because we need to get to a point where like we can't have directors just like openly like fuck with people specifically women like Lars von Trier, Gaspar Noé, uh, Alfred Hitchcock like there's a long line of these dudes and I think we're finally getting to a point where it's like this isn't okay you can't do that wait and... wait wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute I think I might have a solution here for this <laughs> who would you say is right now the like ingenue like male right now in Hollywood <laughs> right now. Probably Chalamet, right? I was going to say, yeah, probably him. Just... <laughs> Let's just get Claire. Do need to fuck with him in a movie for like a couple <laughs> months? Let's just even it out. Actually. You know what? Yeah. Let's just go to Chalamet and say, Hey, look, Claire Denis wants to make a movie with you. Here's the thing. 
you're kind of got to be the sacrificial lamb for this. She's going to be just a dick to you the entire time. And he's like, well, I don't want that. I go, yeah, but like, dude, this has happened a lot to their side. And I think we got to even it out. Like, you know what do you what? think? Also, let's also throw Robert Pattinson into that soup. <laughs> I would like to see a Robert Pattinson, um, Robert Pattinson, uh, Timothy Chalamet movie where it's just kind of a sad off. Have, we just made a movie that I really want to see. I Timothy know, right? Chalamet, Claire Denis. Claire, Claire Denis. The, the, the acclaimed director of Trouble Every Day and Not High Life. That's what it's going to read on the... Hey. And then it just go below, it just has you typing going like, she also made High Life. And I'm like, I'm aware. I'm not talking about that movie. This is going to be a good one. It's just like the entire tagline or the entire thing of the of like the... Narrator is just you and me going back and forth arguing over it. And at one point, Timothy Chalamet is like, hey, can we get back to the pot? I'm like, you're right. I'm sorry, Mr. Chalamet. Also, is it true Claire Denae put a lighter under your foot to wake you up one morning? He goes, yeah, that was pretty brutal. So, yes. So, yeah, uh, we shouldn't do that to people on sets is what we're saying. You should. You should have more of a David Lynch uh, mentality, which he's a guy who has women go through a lot of psychological stuff in his movies, but from everyone who's ever given an interview is apparently a sweetheart about it. And is apparently one of the nicest directors well, to work. Why, why wouldn't he be like, he doesn't need to do his movies are terrifying enough without having to terrify people. That's, but you don't need to terrify people to get good performances. out of No, them. no, no. I know that I'm saying like the, the script speaks for itself. Yeah. And I mean, this isn't to mention, you know, Sue Lyon or, other people, sorry, I recently have been listening to a Lolita podcast that talked about Sue Lion and it really made me mad. Shit, I mean, Natalie Portman just came out today and talked about kind of like a child star and being like, yeah, it's not great. Fucking Leon the Professional? Come on. No, a friend of mine just watched that for the first time yeah. recently and she was like, and, and she said to me, she goes, yeah, she goes, it's really well done. She goes, but you just can't get that stink. I was like, yeah, trust me, I know. Like, you're you're preaching to the choir here. Especially when you learn that Luke Besson had like a 14 year old girlfriend. Yeah. In the 80s or something. Yeah. But it has a great Gary Oldman performance. Is that worth it? <laughs> no, it's really not, but it's still a really great Gary Oldman performance. It has one of my favorite lines You don't like Beethoven. You're probably a Mozart fan. I love Mozart. I love Mozart. Like, he is just throwing heat that entire movie. But yeah, it's it's not great. And that's, that's, so, not to, we're going to talk about The Shining, but yes. I just, every yeah, time I watch we, The Shining, yeah, I it, ask myself, is it worth it? Yeah, it's really the question of, like, Shelley Duvall's, and the thing is, too, she's fucking killer in it, too. Like, the first time I saw it, I wasn't into the Shelley Duvall performance, but, like, well, yeah. every, every time I watch it now, I'm like, oh, no, she's, like, so central to that movie. Well, it's like that thing where it's, like, those movies that we talk about, like, where it's, like, Lars von Trier on the set of... The Bjork movie. What's the name of that movie? Breaking Dancer in the Dark. Right? We talk about how horrible he was to Bjork, but yet that movie's great. That's a great performance. Oh. We talk about Tippi Hedren on the set of Birds and how mentally she never really came back from that, from having like mm-hmm. birds thrown at her and like literally into her face where she had to like have it covered up. And yet she gives a great performance in that. Mm-hmm. I'm just it's one of those things where it's like, is it worth it? And I don't think it is. I really don't think it is. Um, And, you know, I think I'm glad that we are currently having conversations where it's like, Mm -hmm. well, maybe torturing Shelley Duvall is not a great thing that a genius would do. (laughs) No, no, it's really not. And it sucks too, because like you could, 
you could almost, I'm not saying you can, you could almost justify saying like by him doing that, he put her in that mindset, which isn't right. But like at the same time, like you could argue like, oh, it's the only way he knew how to do it. But at the same time, it's like, but it's not worth it. Like, I think but that at the end of the day is the problem. It's not worth fucking it. Fucking find another way. Yeah, guys. I agree. I agree. <laughs> Shoot a gun off near her head, just like William Friedkin did. <sighs> That's also not good. Yeah. Yeah. No, William Friedkin, also a guy who uh, went about it the wrong way. Linda Blair still has back problems because of that fucking movie. Oh, yeah. Well, Jason, is it Jason? What's his name? Not Jason Robard. What is... Priest. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he told him when he fired that guy, he goes, you ever do that again, I'll fucking knock you out. Yeah, so let's get into it. I mean, what are you doing here if you haven't seen The Shining, first of all? (laughs) I I went a long, long time without seeing The Shining. I saw it like two years ago for the first time. Oh, no, Uh, no, I'm talking to everyone else. No, I know. I'm just saying that, like... It, it took me a while to get to it. Yeah, it's a... Uh... There's also a, a trilogy of movies that I haven't seen that apparently makes you very mad. It doesn't make me mad. It just... You know, it's the line from Closer where she says, you don't enjoy love. He goes, no, it disappoints me. Like, that's that's how I feel about you not seeing that trilogy. It disappoints me. Because I know you're going to get something out of it. I mean, we're not there. That's, that's a couple weeks away. So The Shining. The opening is fucking incredible top five credit sequences of all times it's yeah it's pretty cool it's pretty sweet I'm, it's it's iconic you can't see it i'm flipping you off over the microphone it's it's iconic it's you know it's the shot of the of the water the airplane the blue text boom, boom, the, the boom. terrible casio keyboard that oh, is so good pisses me off and is frightening at the same time yeah yeah it's great I don't know if it's in his top four because I'd have to really look at his filmography, but goddamn if it doesn't make a case every time I put it on. I mean, is it as good as Paths to Glory? I'm not saying it's as good as Paths of Glory. I, like, I haven't seen Paths I've seen Paths of Glory once. I'm definitely rewatching that when we do his. And, like, <sighs> gotta rewatch Paths of Glory. Fucking killer. All killer, no filler. And I gotta buy Fear and Desire. You don't gotta buy Fear and Desire. Yeah, but it's, there's a space missing in my collection that needs to be filled. So, you know. <laughs> You don't gotta buy. Fear you're right. You're right. I want to buy Fear and Desire. I don't have to buy Fear and Desire. Nobody's ever said they have. Even Stanley Kubrick's like, I didn't even know I have to buy Fear and Desire. That was a half-made movie if I've ever seen one. Jack Nicholson plays Jack Torrance, and he has been tasked to watch over the Overlook Hotel until May the first. It has my favorite trip of any horror movie, which is guy buys house or is in this case agrees to be the caretaker of the hotel and then like after he's like really decided that yeah i'm gonna do it the guy goes oh you know there was a really brutal murder here last year which is why we're paying like double for a caretaker this year or like why the house is significantly cheaper than it normally would be is because there was a brutal murder here last year also he doesn't tell his wife he doesn't yep. tell his wife like he's just like, yep, got the job. And she's like, OK, anything I need to know? He's like, shut up. And she's like, OK, I'm Wendy. I love when movies do that. It's it's like, I don't know. It's like a weird trope that I just like love. No, it's, it, no, it's a great horror trope. Because I used to have a joke. And it's just like there were horrible murders here. It's like, yeah, babe. Why do you think we got such a sweet deal on this place? Oh, it's it's the it's the first episode of the Simpsons Treehouse of Horror, and we will get yeah. back to the Treehouse of Horror soon. 
it's the first episode of that where he's like, he's, it's the murder house episode. And he says to him, like, he goes, you never told me about any skeletons in the basement. No, oh, I don't remember it that way. Well, okay, fine. Goodbye. He hangs up the phone. He goes, he said he mentioned it about four or five times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so the movie, essentially, you hear about a guy who hacked up his, his, his daughters, his wife, and then shot himself in the head. And you're, the movie makes... really unfair. His name is Delbert Grady. Yeah, no, I know his name. His name is Delbert, which is very much a guy who would murder his family name. I mean, let's be honest. You name your kid Delbert, he's either going to be, like, a servant or murdering his family. And he's both in this movie. He is. He is. He, he, he hit the double tri- or he hit the double facta. Fucking bingo, baby. Yeah. Jack says yes without consulting his wife. It's just like, we're living up here for, for half a year. My favorite thing about the movie is that he immediately goes crazy. <laughs> like... He doesn't immediately. He doesn't immediately. Here's the thing. I don't think we can quantify we can quantify that those days are actually together. Yeah, wow. I think this is longer and I think it's just like it's just like yeah, this happens to be a Thursday down the road. It feels that way, but it, the movie does make it sort of feel like it happens in like 3 days. <laughs> well, to be fair, and I'll say this, a great horror movie needs someone you need to root for. However, you also need an antagonist to do its job. The people in the hotel are on it. Like, you have to believe, like, you have to believe, like, first night, they all had a meeting down in that ballroom. He goes, okay, look, we gotta drive him insane. It's like, it's like, like, Delbert over here, and he goes, hey, everyone, he's just got an axe wound in his head. He's just like, or he's just like, he's just blown his head off, and they're like, he goes, it took, like, three to five weeks with him. It's like, we want the hotel back to ourselves. Like, because that's the thing. I feel like the hotel is theirs, and it's like, when everyone's gone, we just, like, come out and do our thing. So... There's two interpretations to the movie that I think I I kind of have and agree with. Mm-hmm. One is that the hotel itself is an evil entity and like absorbs people into it, mm-hmm. and the other, and I think this is the one I kind of agree with more, is it's about the cyclical nature of violence and life and like rebirth and stuff like that. And I think the people who are in the hotel are reborn and then get like sucked back into the hotel like their fate is to come back and then feed blood to the hotel to keep like the spirits alive like that's a much more heady and like way out there version but like i kind of think that Hmm. the the hotel isn't like isn't like keeping these souls and like pretending that it's still 1921 which was like the heyday of the hotel but is more or less those people existed died and then the hotel is now calling them back um uh, they're hmm. like new forms back to the hotel. Well, that's an uh, interesting take on it. Yeah, because I think the whole thing about Delbert, I'm like, okay, yeah, he's he is this guy, like he is the servant, and he just is there now. I don't I'm know. Sorry, I, to I, quibble with you, sir, but I've always been here, just as you've always been here. Yeah, and I think that line, "I've always been here," just like you've always been here, is like we used to exist in this place, this place back in the twenties. And now the hotel wants us back. And then he drops a hard word, um, which yeah, is, uh, is rough. Yeah. Yeah. I had the subtitles on and I was like, Ooh, Ooh. Yeah. That is every bit of the ER right there. Isn't it? Oh. I also had the subtitles on. I was like, Jesus, someone had to type oh. that. Could you imagine the sub, the, the person who had to do the, the subtitles for a Quentin Tarantino movie? Yeah, it was Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> 
<laughs> Who do we hire for the subtitles? Tarantino does it himself. Why? I think we all know why. Really loves typing. His his <laughs> his end's like worn out on his on his keyboard. Anyway, anyway, the A has never been touched <laughs> in that capacity. You get this moment where, like, I mean, I mean, because the movie, like, I mean. We didn't even really talk about him, but like fucking incredible in this movie. He's great, and he apparently He's had a wonderful experience with it. Yeah, um, him and him and Kubrick would smoke cigars, play chess. Yeah, great time on set, and yet he gets he has a great performance, and he wasn't mentally tortured for it. Hmm. Yeah, well, it's because Nicholson. I mean, I mean, he was the biggest fucking star in the world at that moment. I think he had an Oscar at this moment. Right? I. I think you are correct. He might even have had. Let's find out. Because he's got. This is what? 1980. I think at this point he's considered like an actor's actor. Like he's a leading man, but the movies are like Five Easy Pieces and Chinatown and fucking. I'm blanking on one that I'm trying to bring up. Well, the last it, detail. Jake. Forget it, Jake. It's Chinatown. A movie I don't know if we're ever going to do. Let's see. Oh, yeah, he won it for One Flew Over the Cougar's Nest. Yeah, that's right, it is. He does that in 76. Wow, his 70s is... The first half is so good. Yeah, he's got, like, a lot of really good movies. And then... He was nominated for the movie Reds. I didn't even know he was in Reds. He was nominated for the movie Reds? I mean that movie is three hours long. For all I know, I could be in, I could be in Reds. Yeah, it's true. I do remember losing a week back then and being like, "Oh yeah, Reds." He shows up to the hotel. He gets the job. They walk him around, and it's at this point we actually there is a very key. There are two very key characters. We have not even said their names. Mm-hmm. Wendy and Jack are not going to the hotel alone. They're bringing their son Danny. Doc, you like some ice cream, Doc? Also, we get the repairing of Scatman Crothers and uh, Jack Nicholson. They were in a movie before this. A little movie called One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh. He plays one of the ho- one of the uh, wardens of the of the floor at one point, and uh, McCready, uh, Jack Nicholson's character, sneaks in a couple of women for him and him, and it like gets him in trouble. He played Eugene O'Neill in Reds. Oh, Nicholson. Yeah. They bring their son Danny, and Danny, I must say, is a little off. He has this gift, curse. I think it's a gift if you look at it in the right way. Maybe. I mean, it's not a gift for, like, an eight-year-old. Like, he can kind of, like, hear other people's thoughts. He can also see things. Like, it's kind of just a psychic ability. It's very broad, but, like, it's it's almost just psychic abilities. He, it's like an ability to communicate with, like, see the future a little bit, I think, right? I yeah. Think, I think he's got the ability to, like, see the future. And it's called The Shining, and Skyman Carruthers sits him down and is like, yo, Doc, you got this thing, got this ability to communicate. You know, use it responsibly and stuff like that. And, yeah, he uses it to communicate with the Scatman. And he starts seeing some spooky shit around the, <laughs> around the, around the Overlook. 
Yeah, it is one of those things where it's like he does starts to see spooky thing. I mean, fuck those two little girls. Fucking I would V trigger both of them so quickly. Like I would just I would just run down the hall at them as fast as I could. Like they would be scared of me. Like even though they're ghosts, I'd be like, no, 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 no. We're not we're not doing with this. I think like, the problem is is that they've already been B triggered. No, they've been no, they've been A triggered with uh with an axe. They've been uh they've been axe triggered. <laughs> Come play with us, Danny, forever and ever. And you're just like, no, no. And you would think they would be the scariest thing you see in that hotel. Wrong. Wrong. Yeah. Uh, wrong. Wrong. So the movie just keeps going more and more. And like, and the beautiful thing is, too, there's a I love uh, there are two types of ways you can do this. You can either hold it in question the entire time if someone's going insane, or you can just flat out tell people he's gone insane. And the scene at the bar with Lloyd is that moment. Hi, Lloyd. A little slow tonight, isn't it? <laughs> Your money's no good here, sir. Like to know who's buying my drinks, Lloyd. Mm. Word came Hold down it. from the word came down from the hotel staff. Anything you say, Lloyd. Anything you say. I'd give my soul for a glass of beer. <laughs> Goddamn. You slipped me a bottle, a little bit of ice. <laughs> my favorite thing is he doesn't drink the bourbon. No, he does. He does at the start because he think? takes a hit. Of, yeah, he takes a hit of it. And he then he kind of decompresses, and that's when he just kind of really turns on Shelley Duvall's character, like to Lloyd. He goes, he goes, nothing, a little problem with the old sperm bank upstairs. Nothing I can't handle. Yeah, I mean, we can't really like spoil this movie. Like the hotel is evil, and there's something in the hotel. Also, I'll say it: nobody has ever delivered a line the the way I've wanted to deliver a line to someone. The way when she comes running into that room to Nicholson. And she goes, there's a crazy person in the hotel room. She grabbed Danny and he just looks at her and goes, are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> like, It's just so wonderfully well delivered. Yeah, like I said, I think it's a great movie. I think Jack Nicholson's performance is very good. I think the Overlook Hotel is fucking mwah. Very spooky. Kawaii. Very spooky. Don't like it. And Danny is okay for a child actor. I Very think, smart, obviously. I think he's great when he's having to do the Danny's not here, Mrs. Torrance. Like when he's starting to do that stuff, I think he's fantastic. I think when yeah, he's just like, trying to be a kid, you're just like, mm. when he's inhabited by the evil spirit of whoever the fuck. It's <laughs> Tony. The little, it's Tony, the little boy who lives Tony. in his mouth. Have you seen the television version of The Shining? The like the like three hour. No, TV the version? one that Stephen King signs off on. No, I have not. They have like fire hose talk to him. That's the voice of Tommy at one point, and I'm like, that's Ugh. stupid. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a wild, it's a wild. Yeah, the the remake is not good. I have not seen Doctor Sleep yet either. Make it Tommy like the person in his head. Very good. I like that. I uh, can see why uh, Stephen King does not like this. Yeah, it's really not his movie, or not his book. It's very much not. It's probably better. Yeah, it, I think it is, too. I mean, and it's, I mean, it's just, it's way that it builds tension. Also, I'll say, I mean, like, I mean, do we even have to say what the favorite scene is? I think we're both pretty on board. I think we both know what the best scene is. Um, 
what 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 do you think it's here's johnny or you think uh no 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 it's where she's in that big room it's where she's in that big room and like she starts and it's where she discovers he's just been slowly going insane yeah yeah. oh yeah she's got the bat yeah 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 she's got the bat and it goes from when she discovers that all the way to where she drags his ass to to the freezer and locks him in or the fridge and locks him in there give me the bat give me the bat give me the bat bat. wendy Darling, light of my life, I didn't say I was going to hurt you. You didn't let me finish. I'm just going to bash your brains in. I'm just going to bash him right the fuck in. And you're just like, I think he's serious about that bashing that's about to happen. (laughs) Give me the bat. Give me the bat. Give me the bat. Give me the bat, Marge. Give me the bat, 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 bat. (laughs) Don't mind if I do. (laughs) Well, we, we're going to have to talk about it at the end. We'll, we'll get there. So the movie is just like Nicholson goes nuts and like like she knocks his ass down. He gets put in a dry goods storage area and gets locked in there. And like she's trying to get Danny out of there. He gets out because the ghosts let him out. And he just gets an axe and just starts going to town. Oh, it's become an axe party, huh? I do love when he kicks open that first door and he goes, Wendy, I'm home. And you're just like, oh, no. <laughs> Oh, bad things are about to happen, aren't they? Yeah. Here's Johnny still is fucking incredible. Like, I was in the kitchen making something. I hear I heard here's Johnny. I was like, I don't need to rewind that. I know exactly what that image looks like. It's the Did cover you... of like every DVD and Oh yeah. Did you ever work with Stephanie? Stephanie S- I think is is her full name. I'll bleep that other part out. I don't think so. She has like the same body type as Wendy and I want to pitch her on doing a costume together where like we get a piece of wood and I just in behind it like (laughs) and like it's just her but the thing is and you know I I heard what you said before and look I don't like it but I truly believe to get her to be able to like do that character we can't just get her a costume I'm gonna have to do the same thing I'm gonna tell everyone at work not to talk to her like no nothing no Damn it. They go, this isn't even for a movie. This was for a costume. He's even more committed. Uh, or I just or I just have her dress as Shelley Duvall and I just dress as Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> There's <laughs> your costume. That's that's a very scary costume. Uh, so they get out. I mean, like, at the same time, like, Danny is using his shining to send messages to Dick Halloran, who's the head cook at the Overlook, who also has the shine. And he's played by Scatman Crothers. Fucking Scatman Crothers destroys in this movie. He's great. And he shows up to the Overlook, and I'll say it, greatest death in a movie? <laughs> it's, pretty oh! fun. it's pretty fun. <laughs> it's It's so great. And then he proceeds to chase Danny outside and Danny and the mom get away and Nicholson is left in the snow to die. It's, yeah. it's, uh, Danny decides to walk through his footsteps backwards through the thing and he gets lost and he dies. He freezes to death in the snow. Yeah, Jack does. Um, and the family gets away. And the original cut of the movie, I think there was a scene at the end that showed Danny and Wendy apartment or something like that. And then mm-hmm. Kubrick cut that out. After yeah. the movie had premiered. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work. The ending of that movie is perfect. When you go, because the ending of that movie is like, the the, be, the last shot of that movie is so important. It's just going down the hallway of the Overlook Hotel. You go over Dick Halloran's body. And 
you know, before we get to that, I mean, we, we have to talk about it. If, if, I mean, the scene where she discovers he's going insane is my favorite scene. The moment where she goes up those stairs mm-hmm. and Wendy has a knife in her hand and she looks down the hallway and there's something going on in one of the rooms at the end of the hallway. And it appears to be a man in a bear suit and another man and the man not in the bear suits in a tuxedo and he's on the bed and the guy in the bear suit is in front of him on his knees on in front of the bed and it's like what the fuck is happening here i mean the guy on the bed is doing the old rudy giuliani uh and the guy in the bear suit is clearly there's some furry activity going on it's very strange. The look on uh, Duval's face says it all. It's like, well, this is this is horrifying, whatever this is. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to just yeah, circumvent it, my way around this situation. Yeah. The sex thing in this, the sex things in this movie, I'm just like, okay, that's, that's weird, I guess. But yeah. yeah. Kubrick, maybe the first guy to put furries on film. I'm sure that that is not the case because I, you know, well, I mean, like in, a, like, I mean, in a major motion picture. The Jungle Book is not a major motion picture? But that's animated, isn't it? Where do you think the furries got their ideas from? No, that's fair. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying those are actually supposed to be animals. I am joking. I hope you know that. Oh, I know you are. I know you are. <laughs> okay. But yes, you're not wrong. Also, I mean, Jesus, Zootopia. You want to talk about where the re the reigniting of the furry thing is? I think from. the actual igniting of the furry is uh, the re- Adventures, re- uh, re- Adventures of Red... Adventures of the, the one... the. Robin I'm a stroke. Robin Hood. Jesus. He's going down. <laughs> yeah, no, the adventures of Robin Hood is well, I mean, I mean, I think we both said it. Maid Marion could Maid Marion could get it. <laughs> well, you said both of them could get it. Oh, Robin Hood Fox is super sexy to a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I get it. Like, I mean, he's not my cup of tea, but Maid Marion, oh, you just you'd push Robin into light traffic to get next to her. Light traffic. Yeah. Like, you know, like people leaving a church parking lot. They want to get home, but, you know, they're not going fast. Oh, no, my shits, they're broken. That's right. Well, Marion, how about you get with a real man? She goes, I'm a fox. And I go, yeah, I know. I know. That other fox's shins are broken. Yeah. I mean, the foxes had shins. Yeah. But they do now. But so they get out, and the last shot of the movie is it goes down the hallway of the Overlook Hotel, and it comes to a picture. And Nicholson is in the picture. And it says 1921 on the picture. And I think your theory is correct that it calls people home. I mean, that's, you know, one of the theories I have. The other theory is, like, it kind of consumes them. And they become mm-hmm. part of the Overlook's weird history of violence. But I like the cyclical nature of, of it. Like, there's a cycle of violence going on with the Overlook. And how that permeations exists in Jack Torrance's home life and how he is abusing his mentally and uh, abusing both his wife and son and how he's like an alcoholic and all that stuff. I think that's an interesting way to look at it about just, you know, cycles and where they end up. But yeah, I don't know. I'm not one of those people that has like, has like, is like stake in the ground. Uh, this is what the meaning of The Shining is, because I don't care what the meaning is. I think it's a good well, yeah, movie. They didn't, I don't have they to didn't interview know you for Yeah, they didn't interview you for Room 237. Oh, I love that movie. Room 237 is great. It's a great fucking movie, right? 
It's just like, you're all insane. Yeah, none of these theories are right. It's a movie about an evil hotel. What are you all I just, I love the idea of someone just being like, I've seen The Shining 30 times, and this is what I think The Shining is about. And it's some just insane... Yeah. (laughs) I shouldn't say insane. Just some wild rambling about Kubrick being guilty of shooting the space program, and that this movie is some secret way of him saying that it was faked. Yeah, exactly. No, no, it's not. No, it's a movie about a guy with an axe in a hotel. It's a movie about trauma and family violence that had a lot of trauma afflicted on the set. Yeah, it really, really does. What do you pair with this? 337, I think, would be my actual pairing. But for Shits and and Giggles, I thought of, but what about the Amityville Horror? (laughs) It always comes back to that goddamn Amityville Horror with you. It's about a, it's about evil building. I hate the Amityville Horror, or like the seventies one. It's not very good, but you know, they came out also, around the same time. Also, you made a real miss. What about Doctor Sleep? I haven't seen Doctor Sleep. I've heard Doctor Sleep, the director's cut, is actually really good. I've heard a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know what the other part of the title is this week. I've heard a lot of things. <laughs> I've, I've heard like a lot of things. Mike Mike Flanagan is not as good, and I'm, I'm you know. Jerry's still fucking out. That show is okay. I think The Hunting of Hill House is bad. Like, actively bad. I thought his Ouija movie was good. I like Oculus. I haven't seen Hush. Oh, I really like Gerald's Game. But, like, Haunting a Treehouse and the other one, I, like, I like started the new one that he did. And I was like, this is just as bad as Haunting of Hill House. I'm not going to watch this. I no longer need to suffer through things I, don't, I know I'm not going to like. So... Yeah, it's it is one of those things where like I don't know, like I want to watch Doctor Sleep, but it's like I need to have like two hours where it's like a weekend where it's like, boy, you have nothing going on, and like you've seen almost everything. It's just like I don't care because it's like it's the same thing with the prequels and Star Wars. It's like I don't need to know. I don't need to know what happens next. I kind of like that it's ambiguous if like her and Danny get off the mountain. Yeah, but I mean, King wrote the sequel and. All that jazz, so. Yeah, Dr. Sleep, I don't know, it exists. Yeah. Yeah, if anyone thought we were going to talk about Dr. Sleep here for any longer than this, no, you were wrong. Sorry, we haven't seen it. Yeah. I'm not going to suffer through a two two an hour and 50 fucking minute movie. Yeah, that is a long time. That's a commit. Break it up into two. I don't know. Just I fucking. I remember coming into work the, the Monday after it premiered. And I remember, like, so I remember who was, oh, Delane came up to me and she's like, have you seen Dr. Sleepy? I'm like, nah, I don't think I'm going to get around to it in the theater. And she goes, oh, no, you should. It's better than The Shining. And I looked at her and I went, Delane, peace and love to you and all. And you are totally allowed to believe that. I said, I said, that's that's your right. I said, that being said, no, it's not. Like, (laughs) I was just like. And she was like, she goes, what? And I said, I said, it's not better than The Shining. I said, there's no fucking way. I said, that dude is not Stanley Kubrick. Stanley Kubrick made one of, if maybe not the scariest movie of the 1980s. I said, there's no way. I mean, maybe. Neither of us have seen it, so it might be. Dude, what did you just say about Mike Flanagan for like the last five minutes? Like, come on. It's not (laughs) fucking Stanley Kubrick. There's no way. That movie has Ewan McGregor. There's no way that movie's better. It has Ewan Ah, McGregor. Ewan McGregor's good. I like Ewan McGregor in a lot of things, but him doing American accents is not one of them. I don't know. I like Ewan McGregor. I like Ewan McGregor too. I'm just saying that movie's not better than The Shining. I'll watch it today and prove this shit. Don't don't force me. I'm off today. I'll watch the Doctor Sleep. I'll watch it too. Okay, we'll do it next week. (laughs) 
Sounds like we got a deal. <laughs> Fuck, I need to remember where I put that. I think it's on my hard drive somewhere. I mean, it's on HBO Max. I have the director's cut somewhere around here. Guess that leaves only one question. What do you give it? Uh, you know. <laughs> I give it I give it five axes out of five. I mean it's a five, right? Come on. Yeah. Is I mean, it worth it though? That's the question. No, it's 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 five with a it's five with an asterisk being like being like these five stars are dedicated to the Shelley Duvall uh not being crappy to women on the set of movies Memorial Hospital. Yeah. Like yeah. Like you feel bad about it, but you're like, no, it's a five. This movie's fucking incredible. This movie it's doesn't a five. let up like it's the entire time. A movie I'll probably won't watch again, or if I do, it'll be a while from now. But yeah, it's a yeah, five. it's not something you can watch every day, especially but, after learning how bad Shelley Duvall had it on the set. I'm like, oh, I don't seeing know. the footage, you're just like, Jesus, Kubrick, let it go. Good God, man. Yeah. Well, takes us out of it, and what's that? What's that sound I hear off in the distance? Are those are those sleigh bells? Is it? <laughs> Baby, it's cold. Get out of here. It's not you. Let's <laughs> try to do sleigh bells. <laughs> Alright, I'll give you bad music. I'll give you bad music while I do this. And next week we are gonna do two movies about the wonderful time of the year because this year Ben is putting the Christ back in Christmas, and we are gonna do two Christmas movies. But the only question is, what two Christmas movies? And I'm gonna take over the music here so Tyler can tell us what Christmas is. Two movies are uh, Bob Clark, who we've talked about at length. Uh, his two Christmas movies, um, a Christmas Story. And Black Christmas. Ooh. Ooh. I'm gonna watch Black Christmas. I feel like we should start with the pepper, end with the spice, and talk about a Christmas story first, and then talk about Black Christmas, but... You know, because it's the holidays, I will gift you that, and we will do them out of order for the first time. Yes. Uh, I think it's just kind of the thing you gotta do with this double feature. So you don't want to go out on a good note, huh? You want to go out on a super dark note? No, I, I want people to have time to get their Katie's out of the theater. Well, as you know, I don't check IDs because we own a video store. and IDs? I, Smiteys. I, yeah, I, I rent movies to anyone. I look at them and I say, would your parents be okay with this? And they, if they tell me yes, I'm going to believe them because I believe children. That's what I do. Like, Not I want me. to believe... I know we you. Got, <laughs> I know. We got that, we got that Panther-restricted sticker on it for a reason roar it's just a picture of you in a panther costume doing roar you never seen the you never seen the blue the blue panther i know the blue panther yeah, yeah. i think it's in the grindhouse movies they use it yeah yeah, yeah. it used to be like a bumper between movies I'd be like, oh, yeah yeah that's, yeah you see it because it's a cute little panther at first and then it turns into the big one yeah yeah and then, that, then it became like a thing that they put on uh movie, like movie star stickers yeah that's right well, next week we get the double feature of Bob Clark with A Christmas Story and Black Christmas. Maybe the most Christmas movie and the most anti-Christmas movie? It's great. Oh, man. Oh, we're going to have such a talk about Bob Clark, a guy who we've talked about before. Yeah, this is an atonement for Porky's. I, you know, I think about Porky's every once in a while, and I'm more and more okay with Porky's. <laughs> like, I'm not okay. I'm not okay with what it is, but like, I'm like, you know what? That's a solid comedy from it, from the time it's in. It definitely is a movie that made me laugh like once or twice. Yeah, <laughs> there's a couple things in that movie where I was like, this is anti-comedy. Exactly. Anyway, oh, uh, and for next week we get those, and I'll I'll just say this about Black Christmas. 
If this movie doesn't make your skin crawl, then it's on too tight. But guys, you can follow us, of course, at TWGTF Pod on Twitter. You can follow me at ET Critic for the Empty Theater Critic. Tyler, is there anywhere they can follow you? Um, no. No, no. <laughs> you don't have any place they can follow you. No. Like, no? no, no. They can follow me. Uh, I'll be in the seat of a giant uh, snow thresher. Ooh, this worries me. You just saying no like that—that's something Thing Tyler would say because he isn't aware of the bits on the show. No, I, I, I'm. <laughs> I know the bits. Occasionally, I just like to pepper in a little no. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what Thing Tyler would say when I've discovered him. You do look very orange. Ah, I'm sure it's fine. And for TWGTF guys, two white guys talking film, I've of course been your host, Ben. I'm Mike Wallace, Morley Chauffeur, and Ed Bailey. All of this and Andy Rooney tonight on 60 Minutes. <laughs> After the music outro, you guys will find out why that's funny. And remember, guys, if you guys are walking into the video store and you see one of us just dragging an axe behind them going, Danny boy! Well, you know, obviously we're looking for a child, and this is how we locate them in the store when their parents can't find them. Danny, I'm coming! Just two white guys talking film. All I need is a title. I was thinking along the lines of no TV and no beer make Homer something something. Go crazy? Don't mind if I do! Stay away from me, Homer! Give me the bat, Marge! Give me the bat! Give me the bat! Come on! Give me the bat! Give me the bat! Bat! Dirty cat! You stay here till you're no longer insane. Hmm, chili will be good tonight. Homer, it's Mo. Uh, look, some of the ghouls and I are a little concerned the project isn't moving forward. Damn murder now, eating. Oh, for crying out loud. No! Uh, we're gonna do five quick minutes on this. It's the best Simpsons fucking treehouse of horror ever. <laughs> five, yeah. You have the like groundskeeper Willie thing that runs through it. Oh, I'm uh, bad at this. <laughs> this is indeed a troubling universe. Oh, Maybe my favorite Simpsons quote of all time. Yeah, exactly. It's a it's been memed to death too. It's so great. It's great. And um, what's the third one? So it's it's the shinning. It's it's um, it's the shinning. It's the like time travel one. I think that's called life's a glitch. And then you no, that's not life's a glitch. Here, I this gotta is, pull that. Real yeah, quick. pull it up. So the episode, it's The Shinning, it's Time and Punishment. That's what it is. And Nightmare Cafeteria, which is the weakest of the three, but it's still one of the better ones. Yeah, it's like if you could have flopped like Bart Simpson's Dracula with that, that would be an all-time three strongest. Like, Or like, I think the next year they do Nightmare on Elm Street. It's mm, Nightmare yeah. on Elm Terrace. Yeah, but The yeah. Shinning is, oh. I mean, the they essentially do The Shining in like like seven minutes. Yeah, it's great. Uh, all no TV and no beer make cr- uh, Homer go crazy. <laughs> make Homer something something. Make Homer something something. Go crazy. Don't mind if I do. <laughs> I was thinking about just to fuck with people to put that the whole scene with him and Marge with the bat as the <laughs> clip, but I'm gonna do it at the end. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's so fucking good how well they nail it and just how like they get every nuance of that movie in like seven minutes.
Yeah, and they it's just the way that they like mimic the camera movements. It's it's perfect. It's it's maybe my favorite Trias of Horror. Time and Punishment is also great. Donut? What's a donut? <laughs> oh look, it's raining again. That's back and he just fucking Don't touch anything, everything. huh? I'll touch whatever I want. <laughs> oh man. That's oh. that's great. I yeah, I think Nightmare Cafeteria is also fun. It's like it's fun, it's but like, it's just it's just can't follow the shining and time and punishment. I think the problem is they should have moved Nightmare well, Cafeteria. They the should middle. have flipped. They should have flipped. No, I think they should have flipped them. You start with Nightmare, you then go to Time and Punishment, and then you finish strong with The Shining. Or even if finishing with Time and Punishment, I think is still yeah, fine. Finishing with Time and Punishment. Um, so you could start with uh, The Shining, which is your or The Shining, which is your best one, and then. But yeah, ending with Nightmare Cafeteria is always kind of like a little anticlimactic, but. I think Treehouse. I think that Treehouse Horror is probably my favorite. It has oh, the image. Sure. It has an image that did terrify me, which is Homer's head as a donut. <laughs> no, no, that's not Time and Punishment. That's is that not? No, that's the Devil and Homer Simpson. Oh, right. That's yeah. still a, that's a terrifying. Yeah, because because it ends with the moment where he goes, "Dad, I wouldn't go out there," and it just cuts to all the cops outside. He goes, "Don't worry, boys. He's got to come oh. out of there sometime." Don't worry, boys. <laughs> Take him away, boys. Hey, that's my line. Break him away, toys. What was that, Chief? Get get the guy out of here. Do what the kid says. Do what the kid says. Yeah. Well, oh, man, yeah, I think we've touched on enough. Yeah, Simpsons. Oh, you know what? Also this, there's a South Park episode that uses The Shining, and it's incredible as well. Really? The whole premise is this. It's Halloween, and the boys are all going to go trick-or-treating together. However, Randy has decided that it's the perfect time to corner the video store market and buys the only blockbuster left. And just slowly starts going insane in the blockbuster. <laughs> Stan! Stan boy! It's called That's A Nightmare on FaceTime. You really should watch it. It's That's worth it. Yeah, pretty... it's great. Because at the end, he's just sitting there in the snow and like the, he, the, the blockbuster's on fire and Sharon just comes over. She goes, they said we can get some of the money back, but not all of it. You just want to sit here a little while? And he's just like sitting there frozen. He goes, yeah, I'm just going to sit here a little while. And she's like, we're going to go to McDonald's. You want anything? He goes, yeah, I want some chicken nuggets, some fries, maybe a Coke. 